Hello operatives, welcome to season 2, episode 10 of Once Upon a Kill Team, the podcast about narrative play in Warhammer 40k Kill Team. I'm Sean. And I'm Jason, and I want to talk to you about the building stories in the gameplay in this grim, dark, terrible universe. In this episode, we have, yes, more special guests. This time, Joe and George, who will be talking to us about what they have in store for players at the New York Open Narrative Kill Team event that's coming up this November 2023. Welcome to the show, Joe and George. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, excited to be here. Great to have you on, guys. Um, we'll we'll be getting to the some some uh, in depth questions about your event a, a little bit later. So, but we always start the show with hobby. We love a bit of hobby here. Um, so maybe kick off with you guys, uh, Joe. What what kind of hobby hobby stuff magic have you got up to lately? Yeah, uh, magic, I think, is actually the right way to, to describe it. I've, like, Ooh. dipped my toes in painting some Age of uh, Sigmar models. What? Which is like a, a that sounds like a different game. Me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Blasphemy, I know. Blasphemy. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, I've been, like, cracking on with Kill Teams, which has been so much fun. Um, but I wanted to try something different. I went to the Nova Open um, in early September, and I saw some really incredible models there. I was really inspired by... A lot of painters, and I ended up picking up a King Broad model, which is a the lord of the uh, or the leader is that of the one of the mega garments. Yes, it is nice. absolutely massive. It is a huge model. He's got these little creatures that live in the fur on his back and on his uh, the horn, <laughs> the tusks that he wears. Um, so it's a bigger project, and I'm really excited about it. So starting that, start, I've started base coating that. Um, so that's my current project. That's fantastic. Sean, Sean and I are massive fans, particularly, I think, of the Lizardmen. Is it the Seraphon? We basically just want some oh, dinosaurs. Yeah. We just want some dinosaurs. Is that too much to ask? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds great, though. I don't think it's but, too much to ask. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, George? So uh, I've been painting in preparation for the New York Open Narrative stuff that we'll talk about later, and that involves putting together a load of scenery because um, we are building these like really interesting weird boards. So uh, the first thing that I was finishing off is my New York subway themed kill team board. Very nice. cool. Very cool. Um, so that involves like some train tracks and 3D trains and like that, that was a whole, that was a whole thing. And then uh, currently at home, my entire flat, is full of terrain it's like jungle themed forest terrain um that we're building and painting for the narrative uh and i have to ha i have to give a huge shout out to john or Grotgard on instagram who has been making all of this stuff for us and and it's incredible he's just a, a workhorse check him out he does he does he's built this fully themed um, Imperial Guard army made entirely of grots. He does <laughs> incredible conversions. <laughs> also converted to look like um, like they're out of some sort of twisted, weird 40k version of like a French Revolution. Like it's yeah. bonkers. Amazing. Um, so he, he's Amazing. a genius, and he's been helping with the terrain. And I've been painting it all up, and uh, that's what's happening at the moment. I think I'm going to have to get the rest of the gang around to finish it in time. But it's, this sounds fabulous. Work. Yeah, rope and the help. This sounds amazing. Uh, right, top, top, top that. 
<laughs> I don't know if you saw the uh, someone did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle intercession. Uh, I think they would be perfect on the uh, subway board. We'll try and find them. Who's incredible. And I've seen some like Shredder, Ghostbusters sorry. or Commandos. Shrapnel. Shredder coming out would be very <laughs> Shrapnel. <laughs> the British Renamed version. Shrapnel. <laughs> the unlicensed relaunch. Jason, what have you been up to? Oh, the great. Oh, yes. What have I been up to? Yes. Well, um, after after moaning, after moaning for about five episodes that I didn't really want to do the um, Chaos Cults, when I started on them, I actually, yeah, of course, they're just brilliant models and stuff. So I have completed, listeners, all of the devotees, 10, 10 devotees. I've done, with the help of my daughters, I have to say, both of my teenage daughters, this is, I feel I've unlocked some kind of dad hammer level. Um I've also done the five mutants that are very cool. And these are all Slaneshi, pink and magenta. You're going to want to go to their parties. I'm telling you that. You may not survive their parties, but you're going to want to go to them. Um, but you're so going to want to go. Yeah. And uh, and then this week I did the, um, the Nazgul, Sauron-looking ones. I forgot what they're called now. But they're... Um, and they're like the same, but a bit more blingy. They've got a bit more, got a bit more golden brass on them. Um, but I've got to say, the, the dark the, commune. Oh yeah, sure. These are the bright commune. They're all in magenta and blue and stuff. Um, but I've got to say, the, the the models are great for this set. I'm really liking the sculpts, and um, I'm sort of less wild about playing the actual team, but. I'm joining the I'm joining the painting and modelling. Anyway, I've just got the, the torments to go, so I'm going to go, you know, wild on the torments, um, and then I've, I've, I've got a real departure from from normal sort of behaviour for me. I've sort of long held a I've long held an idea for doing a diorama, uh, just a small one, and I've got a couple of spare models. So I've got a uh, I've got the Chaos Ogrim, which I didn't ever used in my bloody team because I used well, I've got a loyalist bloody team, and so I've got the Chaos Ogrim, which I've again de 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 chaosified. Uh, I'm going to give him a Bulgrin shield, and he's charging a looter boy, which I've got a spare model of, who's spraying bullets at the shield and standing on a bit of you know rubble. Um, so it's just going to be a little you know three or four inches by three or four inches or something. Uh, but yeah, I've kind of been wanting to do something like this for years and, uh, yeah, we'll come on to inspiration hit teams. I'm probably not going to (laughs) buy. So I've got a hole in my hobby, hobby sphere coming up. So yeah, that's, that's, that's really good. Uh, what about you, Sean? As always, I'm going to do show and tell on an audio format. Uh, I've been working up a tournament legal anointed when I first did my world eaters, I did like a mix of like the Forge World Terminators and some heresy marks of armor. But of course, all my Forge World Terminators are on 40 mil bases. And I've had a couple of people kick up a fuss. So I've been trying to squeeze a model that's way too big onto too small a base. Go on, focus for me. Okay, this is very good. No, nothing. <laughs> it's, I mean... it's, one of the, it's one of the newer possessed with a Galvorback pistol arm, so he's still got his, his little pea shooter in there for if he ever uses it. Um, and of course, as with all my other world eaters, they've got a jump pack 
which is how I flavor the uh, perpetual aggression. They're just zipping between, yeah, getting to and fro. And then moving on to bigger things, I've been doing some papier-mâché on my uh, on my Redemptor's base because I did the thing where like you stack up. <laughs> oh yeah, well yeah, the rest of it. <laughs> but I've been doing the thing where you stack up corrugated cardboard to like make the height levels, but it looks so stepped. So I just did a bit of it's toilet paper and PVA glue. So we're just getting a peek a peek behind the. Uh... The magician's curtain here. Um, it looks amazing, though. If it, it, it's the, um, it's the, it's the, it's the picture on our a couple of episodes ago uh, on Instagram. Uh, but I can't wait to see you paint that up. That is going to be amazing. Um, pretty, I'll have to do it. Pretty damn amazing. Uh, cool. I think that that's hobby. It's pretty good. Uh, Sean, have you actually played any games of Kill Team? Do you remember this is a Kill Team podcast? <laughs> Some six months ago, you wouldn't have, have caught me missing a week. And it's been a couple of months, but I finally played some Kill Team. Woo. Uh, we had a narrative day in London because we were going to do something for the LGT, but then the dates just didn't work out for an awful lot of people. So those of us who had already booked the day off of work were like, should we still just play some narrative Kill Team? Uh, so we all went around Matt's house, and we we had two multiplayer games. We did a we did a two v two in the morning, and then a, a a three for all, as I call it, uh, where where those that stayed were all versus each other. Um, we had we had a great time. We were playing on some boards that um, uh, one of our group have modelled up, and it's all like lava pouring out of vents over the rocks and everything. Jason, can you remember who it is? It's James Wales, 75, uh, who I played Inquisition with. He is an absolutely outstanding painter, modeler, kit basher. He's ter- I, I did it, you know, oh, yeah. He's, he's, it's, it's annoyingly good. James, if you're out there... His walk coven are incredible. Salute to you. It's very good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but for those games, I brought my uh, Strikeforce Justian for the first time. Um, and they played as you would expect. It was a little boring and just very A to B. It was super simple, very easy game for my first foray back in after a couple of months. Uh, but then for the second game, I brought my Orc Stodies back onto the table. Four chunky golden green guys. What's not to love? They're the, they're the best. They're the funnest team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Joe? Joe has yeah. his own version of this. Um, do you want to tell <gasps> him about? Yeah, I do four Bulgrins as custodies, oh, and yes. I have kind of converted them so that they have they have some of them have long flowing hair. Um, I've done mustaches on others. Like I've done, <laughs> I've given them a lot of uh, a lot of character, and I just love putting the four custodies, like the four Bulgrin on the board. Like it just makes sense. It works. Like people understand that these are the same size as yeah completely uh, as, yeah and then just the four sword and shields like models is not something it's just fun to play it's just like oh, a, perfect. you have a very easy play style of go bash some stuff go hit something in the head <laughs> that's yeah it's a lot of fun joe you're totally yeah, in my yeah, wheelhouse my play style there uh because 
long, long fans of the show will know that I am Mr. Ogrin. I love a, I love an Ogrin and I want an excuse to use him anywhere. So yeah, you are now a friend of the show. Uh, that's that's absolutely in tune with uh, <laughs> with what I, what I like to do. Excellent, uh, excellent, fantastic. <laughs> Uh, have you guys got any other games in that you you, you, you want to highlight? Um, I got some in. Um, actually, we have a really good narrative campaign going on at our local store. Um, so I'm oh, wow. really, yeah, really excited to play that. It's actually like it really goes all year. Um, we have a big uh, map of a like a segment uh, um, of the the galaxy like on on the wall, and every month we play for a wedge of that map. Um, and so. Uh, Everyone's kind of organized into two different teams. There's both 40k and kill team being played in the same campaign, um, with slightly different mechanics, and then uh, just a ton of really fun games. Um, we have a really cool mechanic that just got introduced this this kind of this month uh, about uh, kind of an infected mechanic, and mm-hmm. kind of I, I had my first exposure to that. I didn't even you don't even really know about the mechanic until it happens, so it's kind of just spreading, um, which I think is a really fun narrative way to drive changes in a story, particularly as you play a campaign over a lot of a lot of time. Having things come in and be introduced that feel fresh is really fun. Yeah. Um, keeps it exciting, and then it allowed it allows players to make some choices about how the infection kind of affects them and whether or not they want to take their game in a different way or take their campaign in a different way. Because you know you're you're building your team up over time. Um, and you're kind of leveling up and you're getting invested in characters and having something that comes in. I won't give away exactly what the infected mechanism does, but it gives you some choice to say like, oh, would I like to try something significantly different for the next bit of this campaign with my team or change it up a bit? Um, We're big fans of agency, so so that sounds really nice, giving the players a bit more choice and and some some creative direction of of where to take some some of their story arcs. Exactly. And that's the really fun bit about the story arcs is just like getting to play a campaign that lasts over a long period of time means you get to interact with the same players at different times of the campaign and you can see how their team has evolved. Um, You can kind of look back at how you played like a game you might have played a month or two ago and say like, well, this team is different than it was when I played them a little bit. Or you can say, "Hey, that that injury I took, uh, it's it's still here. It's still really limping. (laughs) Yep. Um, so that was a ton of fun, and then we have a local tournament, uh, like we have a monthly tournament as well, so I played some games uh, two weeks ago. Um, that was a ton of fun. Played a Hyrotech player, um, played a, did a, a Legionary mirror match, and then played a Phobos player. It was a lot of fun just to get a variety of games against different teams in one day. It was super fun as well. Awesome. George, what about you? I know you played some stuff for um me yeah i i played in a mini tournament on the weekend the road to new york open um kind of practice tournament so uh we're going to be talking about the new york open as a narrative event but there's also a a grand tournament there as well and so there were a bunch of people who got together to try and practice for that i'm a little rusty um (laughs) haven't been playing a lot of games because we've been been focusing on prepping for this event and you know life uh, so I went to that, I took my, my favorite team, Wormblade, and I lost every single game, tried a few new things, and uh, learned, learned a lot, relearned a lot, um, which was kind of what I expected. There are a lot of good good players at this little mini tournament, um, really trying to like 
hone their skills before this 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 big event. Um, so I wasn't there to win, and I definitely didn't. But it was great. <laughs> I, love, I just love playing with Wormblade. It's it's the, sort of probably my favorite team. And I, even when I lose horribly, I have fun doing it. And that's not the same for all teams for me. So it was a great it was a great day out anyway. You I two, just love how Jason's beaming from here. You two are saying all the right words. <laughs> so one of you says Ogryn, and I'm like, oh, this guy, this guy's all right. And then the other guy says Wormblade, one of my favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite teams. So uh, yes, you are both uh, proved. You're now friends of the show. Uh, you need, don't need to prove prove yourself in any other way now. You're already good. <laughs> uh, as long as we bring down this terrible Imperium. Uh, for the uh, you know the star children that are on their way to save us in their benevolence, um, that's how I feel about things. Um, Jason, have you got any Ashes of Faith updates for us? Well, I was going to say, uh, I, I, talking talking of Wormblade, uh, I've been oppressed by uh, a team of uh, Arbites in uh, friend of the show Sal and I's Ashes of Faith campaign um, in the Hive city of Epsilon Nine. And um, we played our latest uh, mission in um, the cathedral, which uh, I was using to broadcast my message to the masses about the revolution that we plan on taking out. And uh, we were cruelly repressed by the, um, well, I was going to say it's not really the battens of the um, uh, the Arbites because they're the worst close combat thing in the entire game of Kill Team, I think. 2-2 damage um but uh but yeah no i had a, had a great game with sal that's game four of our ashes of faith campaign we're going great guns i'm trying to get up another mission with him um but it is going the way of the imperium i'm sad to report at this point but i'm hoping it'll it'll come good soon okay so a new box has been revealed it's uh, Warhammer Day <laughs> special, um, and what we have, and you may be excited or underwhelmed by this, is Space Marine Scouts versus what are they called? The Blades the of Striking Scorpion. The Blades of Cain. Blades of Cain. Because I think it's more than Striking Scorpions. We'll come to that. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Right. Is this Space Marine Scouts? Could it be more vanilla? <laughs> yes, it could be intercession. Oh yeah, sorry, there is a bland, <laughs> a bland <laughs> Space Marine team. <laughs> Can I bet that there's going to be a medic and a comms and a sniper and a couple of heavy guns? This sounds like I've said. I feel like I've said this before. <laughs> Uh, you can tell I'm enthused by Space Marine, but you're the Space Marine man, Sean. You can you can big them up. Get, tell me how great they are. Sniper, yes. Heavy bolter, yes. Medic, maybe not. Comms, Ooh. I don't think so. Yeah, they're because okay. they're they're different. They're different to the to the Phobos team. Mm. They're these are these are your neophyte Space Marines. They haven't had all the training. They haven't got all the specialisms yet. Should they be let out in the field? Well, it's, it's <laughs> do or die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, How do we know um, if you're good if you haven't tried? Yeah, they they won't have a medic because uh, it's just that that, that it's Darwinian. Like it's their fault if they get yeah, don't get shot. Yeah. Then they don't get to the space marine. It's a great way yeah. of deciding who 
who finishes Only the, the strong course. make it in. Exactly. Mm. Okay. Well, that put me in my place. Right. Well, okay. how, how about this, Jason? Don't get the scouts, but run a bunch of Katachan jungle fighters in their stead. How's that? Other than, I think I'm still, well, no, I'm not that I care that much about Katachan jungle fighters, but, <laughs> but, the, but for the million people out there who love them, I don't think it's impossible that we'll see a, another, you know, they love to give us an Imperial Guard team. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, well, if Sean can't even big up Space Marine scouts, and he is Mr. Space Marine, you know, that tells you everything. Right. Uh, we've got no less than our fourth Ale Dairy team, the Eldar, four teams. Still nothing for Tyranids? <laughs> no. Nope. Um, Who are they? You guys, Who are Tyranids? I mean, I'm kind of a Gene Sealer cult player, uh, so I feel a bit like, where are my star children going to come come and save us? What do you think? Striking Scorpions. Their models are good. I'll give that. The models look pretty pretty dope. The models are great. It's it's such a refresh compared with the fine cast they've got up on on the site at the moment. Because um, I was looking at how how the hell am I going to kit bash these? I was I was looking at pouring <laughs> over this site and everything, them. and then I just came to it. Well, I, I, it boiled down to I don't think anything I'm going to make is going to look better than the sculpts that they're releasing for them. So, so it'll no look different, them, but I don't really? think it'll look better. Okay, so that's zero for two from no, Sean. No, get them, get them. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't bash them. You've never knowingly. I'm honestly, I'm not oh, even making this up, listeners. That won't stop me. He's never, he's never done anything to a model that didn't have some kit bash on it. So, yeah. Okay. What about you guys? I'm Come on, talk you. it up. Talk I'm it up. Not. Striking scorpions. I don't know much about striking. I, I know this. The, the Eldari kind of lore is a little, a bit of a blind spot for me. So I, I'm. Like when everyone else was like, "Ah, oh, yeah," like I totally get why. Yeah, this is a this is an obvious pick for kill team and blah blah. I haven't. I need to jump in and understand what aspect war is really about. But I get the I get the general gist. Um, and it seems like it seems like it could be fun. Like, and, but I I'm struggling to understand from a gameplay perspective. Like, what's going to be the difference between them and corsairs? Like, I understand that they'll have different. A little bit of different flavor, right? Of course, there's a pirates, and you have to like pick stuff up and steal things and whatever. But like, they're gonna be presumably like eight wound fast models with four up saves and pretty good guns and stuff. Like, Joe, can you do you have any save? Like, you seemed really excited about them. Yeah. Yeah. So so Eldar was my like first 40k army in the fourth edition. So it's like I, I definitely have a sweet spot in my heart for for Eldar. Um, I would say like scorpions just my myself like are not my favorite aspect. Uh, like definitely a warp spiders um, and um, howling banshees like fan personally. And yeah. I realize that this team lets you use howling banshees. So I'm like I'm excited about that. Um, I think the sculpts are really nice. My my question is like you know they're all there's, there doesn't seem to be much variation between them, um, and so to me it looks a little bit more like a a release for 40k that they happen to release as a kill that team. They sneakily snuck in. Yeah, yeah. I wonder they, if the equipment is going to be what what differentiates your operatives. That could like be. that's going to give them their their special rule per per model. Yeah, because it just you know they all they they seem to have the same sort of equipment loadout, and then or sorry not equipment loadout um, but weapon loadout, and then yeah. you know if they're all sort of filling a similar battlefield role, like 
it seems like they would have some hard matchups. Um, and so just, you know, interested to see what the, the game design take is on them. Um, I'm excited to see aspects, Aspect Warriors, and I'm excited that they can blend, you can mix and match between the Howling Banshees, Scorpions, and Dire Avengers. So maybe you can find a team composition that makes sense where you have some close combat guys, you have some Dire Avengers that can provide some kind of provide some shooting support you know i think that space is nice being able to move around some of the aspects yeah so i think that's cool one out of four of us has used the word exciting so that's that's a plus (laughs) (laughs) i think i think it's really cool being able to mix aspects because uh one of my favorite things from kill team 2018 was the council of exarchs where you just bring one of each of the aspects and run them as a kill team yeah, that'd be a kill and this team. is uh, uh, as close as I'm going to get. That that would be a kill team. Apart from they all hate each other and never want to work with each other. Yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of uh, take with one hand, give with the other. But uh, I I think it's really cool being able to flex into into Dire Avengers for your shooting. I think the Howling Banshees are definitely going to be like a debuff unit, kind of mid range. Well, you know they and normally then, carry power weapons, so they could be your kind of elite killers. Yeah, power and and everyone's got shuriken something. Yeah. Mixed bag there. Okay, what do we think of the swimming pool of death? Uh, don't go dipping your toes. Now, um, I've already got visions of Sean kit-bashing life preservers or water wings onto his operatives <laughs> just in case they fall in the drink. Now, I assume you're already lining that up, uh, Sean. Um, well, they're definitely going to go on my striking scorpions now. <laughs> and I don't want to be smug. But somebody's just built himself some uh, some Harlequin proxies. So, fly baby, all over this shop. I'm going to be sitting sweet. They're going to be in my new team. What are you going to say about that? <laughs> what with your walking up stuff? <laughs> uh, sorry, is anyone actually? If, you know, what do we think? There's not very much cover. I'm kind of wondering if we're going to get sea mist or something. I think there's. I think there's two. There's two things here. Firstly, like the box art or the release images don't always match the final like layouts. Um, so I think that's worth bearing in mind. That said, um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I wonder how you do get around some of these these teams like Harlequins who can fly, and uh, and the lack of cover is interesting. One of the things. That I was really excited about when at the start of this this edition of Kill Team was the potential for multi levels and like all that kind of stuff, but with but you but you do have to balance that with rules um, like Vantage. So like how do how do you make it still fun? Yeah, uh, I, I I don't know. I think there's a lot of unanswered questions with this with this. You just make. I it think it would be really cool. <laughs> I think it'd be really cool if your your navy breachers could wade into the water in their diving suits, mm. and we're going to get some scuba diving teams. The ninja grot's already got his snorkel; yeah. he's ready yeah. to go. He's got flippers, snorkel. He's got if you model him right, like he's he's ready. <laughs> okay. I'm ready for a, uh, a new team to take cover under the water. I think that'd be really cool. You're obscured if you're in. Okay, this well mixed. Mixed review from us four, but um, one thing I think is good is separating out the the main terrain from the teams. I I think that's just I, the idea of having four boxes with the same terrain again was just too much to bear. 
but um, yeah, so this is a this is a plus. Fans of the Once Upon a Kill Team campaign, so that's Sean and I's um, Vet Guard v Commandos campaign. We are four games in. Uh, we have a date in our diaries, but I'm afraid it wasn't before the recording of this uh, very podcast. So we will be reporting back on that, I imagine, in the next episode. And look out, because uh, it hasn't been going so well for the Vet Guards, because everyone knows Commandos are too good, and that's the only reason I'm losing. Um, Everyone loves an underdog, though. Sure. Well, a commissar is turning up to help them. A uh, homebrew commissar who's going to stiffen the resolve. There'll be no falling back under his watch. Um, yeah. So look out for that. I'm very excited. That's coming back. And then uh, mailbag section. Um, well, do I have egg on my face? Uh, Jason made a boo-boo. Um, don't know that. Don't know. Don't know where he got his information from. But in the fantastic Void Boy names section of last of the last episode, I uh, attributed um, some of the names to the wrong person. So, if you liked, as I did, Reese with a chopper as one of the names, um, which are, is genius. That is going to be the name of one of my people. Uh, I'm afraid it is my friend George. Thank you, George. You're a uh, gent and uh, clearly a talented guy because I really love those names. <laughs> uh, thanks, buddy. And uh, yes, I'll read. I'll read your Instagram handle better next time. I think that's 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 how I'll go. Um, yeah, uh, we've also gone into a new medium. <gasps> uh, we're now on Threads, and by we, I mean exclusively Jason. But we are on Threads. Uh, so do give us a follow at Once Upon a Kill Team. Um, our friends Can You Roll a Crit, Grimdark Gamers, and Just Another Kill Team podcast are there too. So let's come and say hi. Hit us up. If you've got anything you want to send in to us, you can always contact us at our email address, onceuponakillteam at gmail.com. Or just send Jason or I a message on Instagram. Okay, so here we are at the main topic of the show. How to run a narrative kill team tournament. Uh, Joe and George are in charge of the narrative kill team uh, at the New York Open. Pretty exciting stuff. Uh, And yeah, we want to find out a little bit more about it. Um, Sean and I have long been big fans of of narrative, you know, really lending itself to events. Uh, We think it's got such potential for, you know, one or two day events. So we're really keen to see what. Uh, these guys have set out. Hello, George and Joe, do you want to tell us broadly what you've got planned for the lucky, lucky people of New York? Yeah, I'll I'll kick it off, Joe. Jump in if I've forgotten anything here. But um, why, don't, why don't I just start by explaining a little bit about New York Open. It, it, so it's this two-day kill team-focused event in New York uh, it's the biggest grand tournament in, in the area. Uh, and that competitive part is sort of the main event. And then we also have narrative this year, as well as um, a little bit of Necromunda and Battletech battle as well. This is the second year we, we're doing the New York Open. Last year was a huge success, and now we're kind of expanding it a bit. Um, and narrative is like a, a big, big part of the event. People loved it last year. And if you, if you combine the number of kill team narrative players and 
the Necromunda and Battletech players, because those are also narrative events. We have more narrative players than com competitive players at this event. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so it's extremely popular, and we're really, really happy about that. Um, so for the narrative this year, we developed this story around this planet of our dentum. And the basic story is um, the rulers of the planet who belong to the 10 noble houses of Ardentum have noticed a worrying amount of heretical cult activity on the planet. And the problems on the ground there have attracted the attention of an inquisitor, Inquisitor Rorkel. And this inquisitor is putting out a call for kill team commanders in the region to come and help him. But he's not the only one reaching out. There's also this mysterious voice that's echoing through the void and drawing other non-Imperium kill teams to the planet too. So, so we have these two like key characters set up, the Inquisitor and, and the mysterious voice. And they provide like the reasons that, um, that the kill teams and the players are actually coming to our dentum, the planet. And so we're, what we're going to do is we're splitting attendees into two groups. Like each of them are responding to one of these characters. And across these two days of, of narrative, the groups are going to like fight each other. So there's like a team aspect um, to the event. And Joe and I are kind of going to be role playing as one of these two characters. Like one of us will be playing <laughs> the Inquisitor and be this voice. Um, we're not sure to what extent we're going to be role playing, you know, seriously, but but like what it kind of mechanically it also allows us to to like be assigned to each one of these two teams so yeah. half of the players will come to me and half of the players will go to joe if they have a problem or to like be um kind of uh, debriefed or to to have the story kind of explained and so it's a 20 there are 20 players um so each one of us will be sort of responsible for 10 people can i can I just interrupt for a second um I'm, I'm already envisioning yeah. you guys cosplaying as either an inquisitor or a sort of cult leader and i'm just sort of imagining you on the subway to the event <laughs> i don't know if that's that's the case but i'm just sort of you know Inquis inquisitor yeah. Rockell here <laughs> uh I, i'm loving this so far maybe we'll see shrapnel on the website, you've got him sporting a very handsome red cape, so that's definitely going to need to come out. Mm. Yeah, I don't think it, it's it's close, <laughs> it, maybe, but, but it, it's close enough to to um, to Halloween, and it yeah. is. Also, yeah, I don't think anyone would bat an eyelid that someone dressed up as an on the sun of the sunway. Like you know, any day of the year, like any day, you can get away. This with is it. New yeah. York, sure, any day. <laughs> It's really not a surprise. No one will yeah. no one will blink an eye. No one will notice. No one would be surprised if you said, I'm just in a cult. Yeah. <laughs> that oh, too. nice. Uh, 20 people seems like a really good amount for, for an event like this. We are sold out. It's very, we're very happy about that. Um, we could, we could definitely go bigger. I think it's a matter of space and honestly, like making sure that we can provide, um, an experience that that is is up to kind of par with what we want to without it get, yeah. getting kind of chaotic in the wrong in the bad way chaotic running away from you yeah exactly now <laughs> J jason's had chat gpt generate us some questions for you so, so we're going to see if they make grammatical sense i i just wanted to see if if our jobs are basically just superfluous now uh so we'll see let's let's see how this goes 
It'll never match your personality, Jason. We're, oh, we're safe on that front. <laughs> uh, so, are there any secret or hidden narrative elements or surprises that participants might encounter during the event? And can you provide any sneaky hints or teasers about them? The short answer is yes uh, to the first half. There are going to be secret and hidden narrative elements. Um, and and like the story is actually based around the fact that there is a is a kind of a mystery and a secret. So we, but I don't want to reveal too much here in in the podcast uh, for anyone who's going to the event and who might be listening. But um, so so we won't reveal too much on the story. But but there are also these secret missions that each player has. So yes, there's like a mystery to uncover in the narrative that will be told over the over the two days. But each player has a secret, and um, and we did this last year. It was really really good fun. Um, yeah, and those secret missions, I think, is a really fun touch because um, it gives players something extra to do that only they know about. Um, which again, I think, ties in with like your focus on, on agency here. And you know, narrative stories, like we we think about structuring our narrative with a lot of we we try to think a lot about the part of the the player experience. Um, and uh, part of that is giving people something that like lets them have fun in their own way. So let's them think about how they want to pursue this objective in the course of their games. Sometimes you might play a narrative game and you might realize that you just have no chance of completing the primary objective in that mission. And having something that you can do that's maybe fun or funny or strange or like a little like a little different that you can say like, well, you know what? I'm not going to win this mission. Like, I'm not going to be able to drive my overall team's objective forward. But I can go ahead and achieve my secondary objective, and that'll help my team, but it'll also bring me a lot of enjoyment. Um, just lets people kind of it, it brings out the fun in narrative, which I think is a huge part of why why I enjoy the narrative is like I'm creating my own story, and yeah, I'm part of a bigger story, but like the story I'm telling with my team and the games I'm playing and the stories I'm telling with my opponent, that's what I really like about it, and that's what we want to try to give tools to players to help them create those those, those stories for themselves. Yeah, I I think this is is a, is an important point here about Kill Team as a narrative like game, and it's like. Kill Team's really balanced and really competitive. Like you can play it kind of like chess. And and in our scene in Brooklyn, although we've been talking a lot about narrative and how fun that is, it's like it's very c competitive at like quite high levels. Like there are, there are people in the team, in the in the scene and playing at the clubs here who are winning world championships and uh, and some of the best in the country. And they're coaching other people, and, and that's great. But what you can find when you try and take that scene and those people and and, and have them play like a story-driven game is that they end up falling back into trying to win and like the mechanics of the game and and so giving those players and people playing against them the opportunity to to enjoy it and story tell and have fun and not get like sucked into the fact that Kill Team actually is a really compelling competitive game is is difficult like it's actually a kind of a, a challenge <laughs> to make something that's uh that's so fun to play competitively also fun to play lightheartedly it's a it's a thin line to tread isn't it 
But we had a couple of episodes ago, we had uh, John from Can You Roll a Crit? I don't know if you know uh, John. He's he's yeah. an in- incredibly talented uh, tournament player, r- runs a fantastic YouTube channel, gives lots of advice. Um, and then he went to uh to to a to a warhammer world uh narrative event and i don't think i've ever seen him smile so much in any of his videos as he was describing that one so i think i mean that was a real lesson for me that even when you're at the top of your competitive game and you're just you know you can still have enormous fun enjoyable time and and play the game you like uh so i think there's a sweet spot there for just about any player of this game, yeah. I, I agree. So some of the some of the best players in London are, are some of the original members of our narrative group, um, and they they've absolutely been loving it. That's that's great to hear. I think that's that's pretty much the same over here. I had the privilege of playing John at Nova last year. Oh, right, he did beat me. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it was a Pathfinder's mirror match, and um, and he's sort of king Pathfinders, so I didn't really stand a chance. But um, he's a great, <laughs> he's great fun. We had a we had a really good time hanging out there. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I don't I don't know, Joe. I, I'm not that worried about our narrative players like getting really sweaty and and treating it like a you know like a competition. But we have you and I have both been in narrative events where it it did feel like it ended up going that way kind of just because there wasn't much yeah. else to so, do other than win. Yeah. And so I think we could share a little bit more about like kind of how we're trying to help, help create that story. And a f- first, like a few design choices, I think um, like one, we are not using the spec ops rules from the, like from the, the normal like core rule book. Um, and <clears throat> Part, partly that's because um, you know, let's us just focus on the story and not on the bookkeeping. Uh, I know, I, I know, I've played in other narrative events where when you are playing three day, three games in a day, like spending your time in between, like rolling for battle scars and keeping is gets very cumbersome, and you're already spending a lot of time and mental energy on the game. And we want people to focus on on the gameplay. So what we're trying to do is replace what what that that kind of bookkeeping does with in-game decisions you can make that'll help you advance for the next so finding finding treasure you know looting supplies and getting an equipment piece that you can use in the next round of the game things that you can tie from one campaign game to the next as opposed to saying like okay go away for the 20 minutes between rounds and start flipping through your book and rolling on tables and things like that so we wanted to wanted to simplify that um and and help um, uh, help just players kind of focus on the gameplay. Um, and then, you know, I think another thing for us is just trying to build some of the story beforehand. I, I think sometimes it's really hard when you show up to a narrative event and you haven't had a chance to engage with the story in any meaningful way. It's hard to kind of jump right in and then see how it all fits together. So what we're trying to do um particular is using discord um, and some other ways to engage with our attendees to share the story and to share ways for them to interact with the story um, beforehand so they can sort of build some of the lore of why their team is here kind of help share with us who some of their characters are um, 
and then we can think about uh, we've got some other mechanics to kind of help help celebrate the team and the accomplishments that they bring. So like we're trying to trying to do things that focus on simplifying the experience so that it is as focused on the story that the people want to be a part of and the the results of the game and the campaign itself as opposed to some of the other stuff that just kind of kind of can help can kind of bog things down. That's really cool. I really like the idea of using Discord as a way to like integrate communication between everyone at the at the event because otherwise it does feel quite not insular but like I'm over here doing my thing. I've no idea what the guys over on table 7 are doing. Um and Jason and I have done our best to like shouting at a whole room of people and you know some people can't hear and you're trying to like describe this narrative that's pouring out over the tabletops and uh being able to just send that out to everyone all at once that sounds pretty great yeah and we're splitting the channels right so there is kind of uh the inquisitor has their their folks kind of in one channel and we're sharing a message with them and then the uh the voice is, has another channel of the team members and they're getting a slightly different message so that way we're able to kind of encourage some conversation between the players so that they can start to identify with their team from the start um, and then we're giving them some prompts that let them engage with the story um, and we're asking questions also about like hey tell us why your team is here tell us who your leader is tell us tell us these sorts of things so that people not everyone will want to do that but for the folks that do want to do that it gives them the chance to say to to come to the event already having thought about why they're why they're here and what their team is doing and how they want to like what they want to take from the experience yeah that's a real trap for me i'd uh, i'd be i'd be writing up extensive multi-page backstory on my team with named members and lining up Crudge matches. That sounds brilliant, though. That sounds that sounds really good. Uh, I mean, I definitely like uh, also that you know, in the end, at the end of all this as well, it sounds like you'll have almost a a kind of you know the story of the event, really, the story of this um, uh, you know Ardentum's kind of journey. Yeah, exactly. I think that's that's a big part of it. Is that if people feel like they participated in a in a story that's i think a huge that's a big win uh, at the end of the day if they feel like they were part of a story um that's really what we want people to take from it we want them to take whatever enjoyment they find from the game but like the story or help we hope gives them the structure to feel like the six games they play or the three games however if they choose to play both days or not like you know that the games that they played were part of something that they want to remember and share with others um do you have this is one of chat gpt's questions um are there any unconventional or unique rules or props that the participants should be prepared for as part of this event yeah so we we mentioned the secret agendas thing so that would be a, a little sort of extra tackopy type mission that every team every every player has um so we I also at the beginning I mentioned the the lords of Ardentum. These are like the the governing noble houses. Um, they're an important part of the story, and we have kitbashed and built a bunch of models to represent them. And and they will probably make an appearance on the table, and they might end up joining some teams or or something. So so that's kind of fun having extra like actual characters represented. Uh, on the tabletop 
will be part of it. There's also, I think I talked a little bit earlier about the terrain. So we, we really want the terrain to be immersive. Um, so there's this jungle terrain stuff we're working on at the subway board. There's, there's uh, some trench boards that we used last year. I think they should make a, make a comeback. They are, they're fully kind of um, immersive trench warfare type type boards with with actual trenches going down and lots of levels. And and these aren't as a result, they're not like the most competitive uh, exact boards. Right. So there's a lot of like random boulders. And does that count as heavy cover or insignificant? That's it's kind of up for debate. And that's going to have to be part of a conversation you have with your opponent. Um, but the point isn't that they are these really like perfectly set up terrain um, layouts. It's that the, the, it just looks incredible. And so that's an important, that's not exactly a, what did ChatGPT ask me, a special prop. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's like, um, it's really important that, that it feels immersive. Yeah, um, if I could just add, George, like I think on the asymmetric part, I think that's really actually a great thing about narrative games mm -hmm. is that for many of us, like we build boards. If we're playing just like a pickup game, you might just build a board that's like pretty balanced. But for these games, like having a board that's like this side defends this fort, like this side, you know, this side has to escort this. Like those sorts of things are the fun cinematic events that you don't get in a kind of normal pickup game or a normal or a certainly not a tournament experience and so like i think that's the fun of it and players know oh i have this the the deck stacked against me in this one but that's going to be fun right like cause mm. this is my tournament my tournament win isn't dependent upon this like i'm here to have a good time so i think that's yeah. that's actually a really nice thing to do and 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 i think it's huge that people are probably never going to play on boards like this again unless they come to the event next year so for half of the Kill Team audience out there who are hoping for jungle, just 20 people are going to get jungle. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to be in New York and already got a ticket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. The, I, was, I, was, uh, I was super excited about the prospect of jungle. Um, and, uh, and now it's happening. So I'm happy. That's what you need, folks. That's the to, to message to listeners. Be the jungle yeah. terrain you want to be in the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't say that, because I'm really tempted to do a, a standing resin board for my own water world. So mm -hmm. watch yes. watch this space. Oh, yeah. Two yeah, or three years should, definitely. You should. <laughs> um, yeah. we, um, this... we haven't mentioned the champions board either, Joe. Ooh. Ooh. Tell them yeah. about the champions board. This is silly. Yeah, that, it's fun. I think it's good fun too, though. Yeah. Um, so basically, we're asking our players to tell us in advance to nominate a champion from their kill team. Tell us the champion's name. Tell us the champion, the operative type, um, and then we are doing like a big leaderboard uh, where we will have kind of little images of these champions, and as as those champions kill other operatives, like they we will ask our players to call out the kills right to to let everyone know that their champion has claimed another you know skull for the the skull throne or what whatever <laughs> whatever they're they've done right it's call it out idea. yeah let everyone know and then they those 
as they tally, they they will move up and down the leaderboard. Um, oh wow! And so it's it's just a fun mechanic, right? Like it's just something that one of the cool things about being in a in a narrative campaign where you're all in the same room for the same two days or or day, whatever you're doing, like is you want to build the excitement and you want to celebrate the little things that happen in your games. And so picking a model, like picking a champion and saying like, this person's going to climb this ladder leaderboard. And I don't care if I lose every game, as long as my model, as long as my champion gets to the top of that board, like people are going to do that. And it's going to be, Oh, that's incredible. I think, fun. And I think it just creates, it adds the atmosphere, which I think is a definitely part of it. It's just made me immediately think, Hmm, Shay, my Kelomorph. Where would he go on the champions board? Uh, <laughs> right at the top. Yeah, right it. at the top. No, no, he usually exactly. gets usually gets wiped out in turn two by people going, he looks too scary, he needs to die. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've heard of some other events that use uh, a similar thing, but not not the ranking system. But you can call out bounties. Like if you had a particularly mm -hmm. bad game against someone, you could call out a bounty against their leader model. Yeah. And go like I don't care what you got to do. Take him down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think those little things are fun. They just like make it exciting. Um, so that sounds absolutely amazing, guys. Uh, remind us when the event is. Yes, it's 4th and 5th. It's 4th and 5th November here in New York City. For, um, uh, for English people, remember, exactly. remember the 5th of November. Uh, yes. Gunpowder, treason, and plot. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else can forget it. But yeah, this sounds absolutely amazing. Uh, and if you weren't there this year, you're going to wish you were there. And there's almost certainly going to be next year to look forward to. I already uh, wish I was there. <laughs> um, I'll say at this point, thank you very much, guys. You've been absolutely awesome. Good luck in your event. It sounds absolutely amazing. You're going to have a brilliant time and we'll, yeah, hope to report back on just how brilliant it is. So good luck there, man. Thanks for having us. Yeah, real pleasure talking and yeah, get ready. Uh, we, we will fill you in with what happens to our dentum. Oh, I can't wait. Awesome. Next time on Once Upon a Kill Team, we will be giving our thoughtful proper considered maybe less jokey thoughts on the first <laughs> box of season three of kill team salvation will we be saved can we be saved uh well we will find out um so look out for that uh we're looking forward to examining the rules the, the terrain and what we think about it as ever if what you heard on this podcast sounds even remotely interesting Subscribe and tell your friends. For every subscription to the podcast, your Space Marine Scout Sergeant takes a fresh batch of neophytes into their first combat and their first step into becoming unstoppable instruments of the Emperor's will. If you have a few spare pennies and would like to support the show, you can do so through Coffee KO-FI. There is a link in the show notes. Once Upon a Kill Team will always be free, and any help you give goes towards making this podcast better. We do appreciate it. Thank you for joining us on Once Upon a Kill Team. Just remember, it's not whether you won or lost. It's whether your Chaos Ogren charges the Orc Rocket Boy who's unloading a full salvo at him. The bombs rip chunks of flesh from the abhuman, but in agonizing pain, he brutally caves in the skull of the green skin. <laughs> See you next time.